Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert here in 2024 for our first podcast of the year, of course, with Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, very excellent in 2024. How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, I got to say, it's been uh, it's been a uh, big week for the uh, first first week of the year. Busy, lots of surgery to do. It's uh, it's cool. Happy to be back. Absolutely. I mean, I got it. I don't know why this year in particular. I feel like people really took advantage of taking time off for the holidays. Like, I feel like nobody worked for the last two weeks of the year. Every email I sent was out of office reply. Here I am working, and I'm just like, can we get back to work already? (laughs) (laughs) Even our contractor said that, like, all of his subs took, like, the whole week off this week. What is that? I don't know, but let's get back to work. Is I guess because they felt that the the, uh, New Year's Day was on a Monday that it's kind of like New Year's week. Week. And just, you know, I'm going to just call it for the week, and I'll start, uh, you know, whatever. I heard, I think some people took Tuesday off because they were promised New Year's Eve off, but New Year's Eve was a Sunday. So people just like, they just dragged it out. Uh, ah. So they just, they kind of did like a cheat holiday. Right. So you and I, we were working on Tuesday. <laughs> we were the suckers. <laughs> totally. I was like in big time. Like it wasn't, and, and, you know, I go kind of when my patients are like, I'm ready to have surgery. I'm like, right. all right, well, you know, then I really like doing that. So I'll be there. So. It's been been a good week. What can it's I say? Been good. And here we are. We are back. We are back. And I've had some confusion uh, that I wanted to clear up with today's podcast about the term facelift. It is a it is a loaded term that uh, I've found causes a lot of confusion. And this fox eye procedure, like all these things that are getting kind of whipped around the internet. In, in a uh, unorganized and um, reckless sort of way that the terms just don't add up for a lot of the patients. So I wanted to try to clarify that today if we could. That sounds great. We don't need our patients out there being reckless with their facelifts. That is just extreme. <laughs> it's not with their facelifts exactly. It's with the terminology. I know. So I get it. I get it. But, you know, it's just the uh, – they do. They, they just say – They jumble the terms. Yeah. I mean, and so – Facelift is kind of a, it's a generic term on one level, but it's also a technical term on another. And the the proper term is rididectomy, which uh, is spelled R-H-Y-T-I-D, which is a rightid, which means a wrinkle. And a ectomy means it's being removed. So a wrinkle removing procedure is really a rididectomy, which is a facelift. Now that can be the lower face. It can be the upper face. It can be forehead rididectomy. So that term, it's even in and of itself, is also difficult. So I try to get patients to hone in on what is it that bothers you. And that is the best place to start. And can I just say, a facelift is actually not a wrinkle remover surgery. That's Botox. <laughs> like a facelift is, <laughs> exactly. is not going to remove your wrinkles. But it's that's, not. That's, listen, to the bo- listen to the Botox podcast. That's right. A facelift is a facial rejuvenation procedure that lifts and counteracts the effects of gravity, and that's hence the lift portion yeah, of the name. I, I see it as a uh, as a uh, soft tissue repositioning procedure. Whether it's a brow lift, a mid face lift, lower face, neck, what you're doing is you're repositioning the tissues 
over the facial skeleton to make the patient look more youthful. That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, then let's go top to bottom and let's break down the terminology so that we are all on the same page when it comes to what we are talking about. So a lot of the times I'll say an upper facelift. And th- what I mean by that ah, is you're this contributing. Yeah, I, I'm you're contributing of... <laughs> to the reckless abuse of terminology. <laughs> totally. I'm completely <laughs> abusive with the terminology. But this is the upper face to me. Everything from the cheekbones up to the hairline is the upper face. And so when I talk about an upper facelift, I'm talking about a brow lift, uh, a mid-face lift, and typically blepharoplasty with it, um, and possibly a canthoplasty or canthopexy. Okay, you have to explain all of those terms because nobody knows what you're talking about. Right. So the brow lift (laughs) is where we're lifting the brow either all the way across the forehead. That can be done the way I do that and the way you do that is typically endoscopic. We don't like the big coronal cut, but still, there are people that still do the big coronal cut. It works. We do it a lot in facial feminization procedures. We do it a lot if people have a very high forehead. We might go across the the hairline and actually advance the forehead to bring the hairline forward. So there's a lot of ways to skin that cat of the brow lift. Then there's the mid-face lift, which is lifting the uh, cheek mass, the fat, the malar fat pad, the, the malar eminence is the cheekbone that everybody thinks about. The zygoma is the bone there, and then there's a fat pad over it. So when you lift the mid-face, it, it also creates that more heart-shaped face, and it's a procedure that's really done. That, that combination of brow lift and mid-face lift is done on patients as young as 30 years old and really up to and including 75, 80-year-olds, whatever. It's anywhere in between there. Those procedures can be very useful. Right, and those are... That area is typically the area of the face that tends to age first. So that is why people who are maybe a little bit younger in their 30s or 40s may do that before they do anything else to their face. They may just focus on their brow, their upper eyelids, lower eyelids, and the cheek because that's where you first see the signs of aging. So that those procedures, any combination thereof between the brow and the cheek can be done independently, but typically we do them as a periorbital rejuvenation. So that just means the whole area around the eyes. So the brows, the eyelids, the cheekbones can be done as a single unit. It can be done as a single unit in patients that are young and don't quite need the full facelift, or it can be done in combination with a full lower facelift, which is what we should explain next. Right. And so the that... That part that we just talked about, I call like the upper facelift. Then there's this new term being batted around a lot called the fox eye procedure. Now, some people call a fox eye procedure just doing a little canthoplasty or canthopexy, which is a little tiny cut at the side of the, the lateral side of the eye, the lateral canthus, the little corner of the eye furthest towards your ears. And you make a tiny cut and you pin up the lateral canthus and you make the eye a little bit more almond shaped and a little bit higher and it looks a little bit more sultry and sexy. A little foxy. A little foxy. Um, That's not what I call a fox eye (laughs) procedure. My fox eye procedure includes the mid face, the brow, the lower lids, the whole deal. Um, So there's a lot of misconception about the fox eye procedure as well. You can listen to our fox eye procedure podcast. Um, But with that said, that may be part of the whole upper facelift. The mid-face lift, though, I want to differentiate that because that can be done as a standalone procedure. Typically, it's not. Typically, I'm doing something to the lateral brow or at least 
to the lateral skin of the of the of the face, basically along the um, lateral to the orbit around. It, it may bring up the tail of the brow, it may not. But typically, I do the brow with the mid phase lift. That's sort of a combination that is a winning setup. Right. Lower face and neck. This is the traditional facelift. Facelift, and this area gets so many nicknames, so many terms that it can get very confusing. So when I hear the term lower facelift, to me, that sort of means everything below the cheekbones. So classically, that's the jowls, the jawline, and the neck. This procedure can also be called a mini facelift, which is a huge misnomer to the patients because they think they're getting this like <laughs> little cute mini procedure. And it's not really a facelift, guys. I just got like a mini facelift, like a, like, you know, got my hair done, got my nails done, got like a little Botox and a mini facelift. A mini facelift is a lower facelift, which is a full facelift. Totally. The only thing you're not getting with a quote mini facelift is the upper facelift, which you just talked about, the brows, the cheeks, the eyes. You're just focusing on the lower half, but right. it's still very much a facelift. Oh yeah. No, it still means undermining the skin, lifting up the SMAS in some way, shape or form. That can be a deep plane facelift. It can be a SMAS facelift. It can be a SMASectomy. It can be a SMAS plication. And again, just to revisit, revisit the SMAS, this is a structure that is under the skin between the facial muscles and the skin. And it is a thick kind of fascial layer, and most people know about muscle fascia, it's a thick coating over the muscles that is used to actually get the lift done in a facelift. You know, long, long ago, people did skin-only facelifts, and they looked like windblown freaks coming out of a wind tunnel and very right. strange looking. Because it had to be pulled really tight to, to, to make it work. To make it work. But now we put the tension deeper so the skin just redrapes. Right. And you don't see those windblown facelifts much right. anymore. Um, but the... The lower face and neck are typically done typically done together because you want to lift that platysma, the the flat kind of those banding muscles of your neck and get them lifted at the same time that you're doing the face because really what a facelift is is a neck lift and a jawline cleanup. That's yes. what's happening in a in a facelift, a lower facelift, if you will. And so then then comes the whole terminology of the natural lift and the vertical lift and the ponytail lift and all these different terms that have been ascribed to the way that a certain surgeon does their facelift, which I think is useful because people do talk about those uh, in sort of the context of a certain surgeon. Um, but what it doesn't mean is that that's a better technique or whatever. It's just how that surgeon has decided to market and describe their specific way right. of doing the facelift. But in general, for the most part, with a few you know, differences here and there, uh, any of these facelift techniques describe moving the deeper fascial structures around, lifting the skin, and putting it back in place. The same procedure is being done with mild tweaks in technique. I yeah. think that's right. I, 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 had to, I had to digest a lot. That was a lot. But uh, there is a, uh, you know, there's there's a lot in terms of just the patient education piece to this. Because, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about having a facelift of any kind, understanding what it is that you want to achieve is really important. And it's the starting point for your consultation. 
because going into a consultation and saying, just tell me what, what I need, I mean, that, that can be effective. It, it can be done. I mean, yeah, that's helpful actually we're, we're, in the face. You know, we're kind of, we're kind of pros <laughs> yeah. so we can tell you, um, and I'll tell you a funny story about that too, but the, it is really the starting point of saying like, what bothers me is this. Right. And it can be like, I don't look like I used to look 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And then you can look at a picture from before, you know, 20 years ago, and you can look at how the patient looks now and you can say, this is what's happened. Here's how we address it. And that's very effective because then you can get the result you're looking for. And, you know, that's what we do as plastic surgeons. We assess the situation and we come up with a plan that's going to address your specific concerns and make you look better. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I think the face more than even just the body it is really helpful to listen to your surgeon because a lot of times patients will come in and it's very unusual for someone to like undress and get naked and say, tell me what I need to fix. They usually come in with a very specific, I don't like that my breasts are saggy. I don't like the extra fat around my abdomen. And we can offer them options for that. But when someone comes in and says they don't like their face, it's a little bit harder for them to pinpoint what they don't like about their face. They just know that they don't look young anymore. And it's a lot easier for us to look at them and be like, well, this is kind of what you need. There's like no two ways around it. We're all going to have differences in technique, but you need to do something about your brow, your eyelids, your lower face, and your neck. Like this is what you need. Whereas with the body, it's like, well, you could do a breast lift. You could do implants. You could do liposuction, maybe a tummy tuck. Like there's more options. Whereas the face is kind of like, this is kind of what you need. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. (laughs) Time time to do what needs to be done. And of course, then what becomes confusing is when people say like, well, what's a liquid facelift? <laughs> you know, like, what's that? You know, I want that because that sounds easy. Ew. You know, and then filling your face up with fillers is a liquid facelift in general. It's like blowing out the the sagging skin with volume so that you, you know. Just look really chunky. You can get a big face, but uh, it does lift all that stuff up. It works. You know, it does does work. No uh, bias here. No. I mean, we're, we're surgeons, you know. Where's the scalpel? <laughs> People would say, I, they go, well, you know, what do you think? Should I do that or should I do the facelift? I was like. If you go to the barber, what do you think is going to happen? Right. You're going to get a haircut. You go yeah. to the surgeon, guess what you think you're going to get? You're going to get offered you're a You're going to get an operation. That's the way it works. We like to cut. We think okay. it's the best. We like the results. So if that's not what you're up for, you then you don't do it. But if you want surgery and you want to look awesome and you want to get these results, then understanding facelifts and how facelifting is done and how it relates upper face, lower face, mid face is really key, which is why I wanted to do this podcast today. I love it. And since you brought it up, I'm going to go on my little mini rant. You know, you said liquid facelift, and that got me going. <laughs> Here it comes. I'm going to hide under the table. I'll be back, everybody. I got You know, these are the patients that want a more natural look because they have this concern that if they have a facelift, they're going to look artificial, they're going to look done because, you know, they had a facelift. But I humbly think that when done in a certain way, a facelift actually looks way more natural than a liquid facelift, which pumps tons of volume in your skin, which is not natural, which has a very artificial look to it. It has a very, very obvious like look of someone that's trying to look younger than they are versus just getting a facelift that no one knows you had. You just look great. You don't look overly done. You don't look anti-aged. You just look like you're great. Yeah. I mean, if you get a good facelift, like the ones we do... <laughs> <laughs> Again, no bias. Shameless, shameless plug, but I mean seriously, we the I and I've I've told this story a lot, and I'm sure my patients are probably tired of hearing it. But 
there was an article in a certain magazine, I will not say what it is because I think people could probably figure it out, but there's from a certain magazine about a certain longtime uh, actor that I did the facelift on. And in the article, it said, it's amazing they look so good without plastic surgery. In the article <laughs> itself, it said that. It's amazing how that happened. So of course I went to my patient. I said, oh, can, I saw your article. Can I show you something? <laughs> and I had a big highlighter with like arrows pointing to it. I go, what's this? And there's like, no one will ever know except my makeup artist. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like, you could say with great plastic surgery, one can look amazing. That's okay to say. Not, oh, no, 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 no. They were just like, world. nope. That's not the case. In this case, I've never had plastic surgery. I drink alkaline water and I get eight hours of sleep. Exactly. And facial massage and lymphatic drainage and, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh, yeah. And a plastic surgeon. Wake up, people. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of plastic surgery. The good plastic surgery- You'll never know about. That's right. You just go, oh my God, I can't believe how good they look. That's it. And that's because they're having great work done. That's what it is. That's the difference. That is it, people. If it looks awful- it wasn't done well. And yeah. if you're like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, she looks so amazing. Like how without plastic surgery, mm. it's with plastic <laughs> surgery. There's been a little side dish of some plastic surgery there that's been done really well. And there's a lot of really good plastic surgery. This is the thing that I think is missing because nobody talks about the great plastic surgery. No. They don't. It's just, it's... it's just lost to follow up. It's just gone. It's like... Oh my God, look how great, you know, so-and-so looks, you know, at some point they'll go like, well, they must have Wait a great, a they mu- <laughs> must have a great plastic surgeon because she's 80. Yeah. You know, it, at some point the the math has to come home for people. Right. Right. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the, the education version of like how to think about facelifts if you're thinking about doing this. And it is, it is really popular now. I mean that, and just for those of you wondering, like at what age do we do this? The upper face, 35 to 40, 45, you know, typically that's when you see some descent. You need that stuff kind of elevated. Uh, the brow needs to go up. The mid face needs to go up. Eyes t- tend to need to get done. Um, I know everybody's looking at me going like, and so what's your problem? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I am. It's coming. <laughs> I just say, you know, I need to uh, get a block out some time. Dr. Ravello needs a week to like, you know, Take do all that stuff. Him. Yeah. I need, I'm going to need a lot of help on that one. And then the lower face and neck could be anywhere from 38, 40 to 40 to 80 years old. I think if you're 80, um, then you can do it. It's just, you know, you're a little late to the dance on that one. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Get it it done earlier. It can still be done. It can be done. I mean, if you really want to look great and, you know, now you have the time and, you know, because I I love when people are like, yeah, you know, I guess when I get into my 70s, I'll do, I was like, you, but you need it now and you're 52. Like, (laughs) like you're going to wait. You you think you think it's going to get better between now and then, or what's going to happen? That it's you need to do it when you need to do it because that's how you can a enjoy it, you know, and and look great. But also the, the results are going to be better because your tissues are better. The older tissues are harder to work with. Way harder. Gravity's you know. been working on them and pulling them down. They've they really have stretched out and they've lost their their snap back. The same way, like you know, when a woman is pregnant and her skin stretches over time. A lot of times she needs a tummy tuck because that skin doesn't snap back. Same way with a facelift. When it's been stretched out for a very long time, it kind of loses its intrinsic ability to be tight. And sun damage. Oh, sun damage. Yeah. Wear, wear your sunscreen. Um, and also that does bring to me the bring to me the thought about the rock spa and the 
Medispot procedures, wherever you are, you need to also have the backup of getting Botox, getting lasers, getting microneedling, all that stuff is part of the facelift continuum because that's really how you make this stuff. You know, the operation's one thing, but then taking care of the skin and doing all the adjunctive procedures are key to that. So if, again, if you're listening to this, like, how do I get into this? You know, get on the websites, get onto Dr. Ravello's website, get onto mine. I have a whole rock spa, you know, drop down with all the procedures and do some reading and listen yeah. to our, our podcasts about those procedures. I think you'll get a lot of information and you'll understand kind of where to, you know, where to direct your sort of your first moves in this arena. For sure. All right. Anything else, Dr. Ravello? That, that kind of sum us up there? I think that's it. Great. Then this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Hey.